Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Surviving sister wives may contain adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drinks heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is episode one. So season 14, episode one kicked out. According to TLC, what we are seeing this episode is the wives begin to unpack after moving the family to Flagstaff. The cops pay a visit to Mary's new rental property. And chaos ensues. I would say... Yes, they definitely start moving to Flagstaff. I'd say that that is accurate. The cops visiting Mary, that might be up for debate, actually. Corey, did, we, did we ever see, did we see any police officers? We did not. We did not see them on camera. But I, I wouldn't, them. to be fair, I wouldn't be surprised if that's some type of legal ramification or something that's keeping them from being able to show them on camera. Fair enough. But we can talk about that later. I do later. think there's the potential that we may be getting frauded. By TLC with this part of the storyline. Well, you have to think 14 seasons in to a quote-unquote reality TV show. They've got to be getting pretty desperate for storylines at this point. Oh, I'm sure. I think the the entire storyline of moving to Flagstaff is Cody's last ditch effort at trying to keep this show on television and keep that sweet, sweet TLC money pouring in. Gotta have it. But an... In full disclosure, I haven't watched the show from season one. I honestly didn't really get pulled. I've seen a few episodes here and there, so I'm not necessarily a Sister Wives expert per se. You're not a fanatic. I'm not a fanatic, but I would say they got me on the last season with Cody's presentation to the wives, getting them to move to Flagstaff, and making that whole Kinkos PowerPoint presentation and selling it to all four wives that that got me into the show and i was hooked i'm i'm in for season 14 so that's the main reason why i'm here and i'm happy to be recapping this episode with you there's there's gonna be a lot to talk about here and i have been watching this show sadly since season one which is pretty hard to believe i actually 
had to look up what season we were on because I <laughs> did not believe that there have been 14 seasons of this show up to this point. But somehow we are here. Um, so let's jump into the episode. Mm. Um, so we start off and it is moving day for the Browns. Finally, it's here. We're leaving Vegas. We're packing up. It's raining. Almost two dozen people. We're <laughs> jumping into a bunch of Penske trucks. Right. And we are running down that highway the into Flagstaff, Arizona. Trekking, trekking the, the unbearable four and a half hour venture to their new home, which honestly is very accessible, obviously, that we're going to find out very soon. But the mentality here to go forth and move all what is what is his saying that he keeps saying in this one where where we go where we go one we go all where we go one we go all the infamous cody brown cody brown is a poet if you think about it in certain if you hit yourself in the head with a rock i guess he would be a, a poet so what surprised me or i guess shouldn't have surprised me the most about this episode was we're moving all these people out of state, again, anybody would do this as part of their moving process. Nobody checks the weather forecast. No. Apparently. No. Nobody looks up to see, is it going to be raining? Is it going to be chilly? What kind, what kind of weather are we up for it's once an, we drive into Flagstaff? It's a new environment entirely that they're going to. It's obviously, Las Vegas is very desert. Um, it's pretty predictable in terms of what you're going to get as far as weather. It's just sun. And or rain, but uh, mostly sun and dry, dry heat. So I guess they were assuming that things would stay the same in Arizona. But shocker, it's pouring down rain and it's not making moving an easy task. No. So it is the way that they're speaking about it. You would think that there is a monsoon that has hit Flagstaff. Um, And Janelle is freaking out as they move her stuff into the house. She can't even think anymore. Also, she, casually mention, in passing, Christine is homeless. Just throwing that out there, too. Christine still has nowhere to live. Janelle is just having her kids throw boxes into random rooms in the house, which is, as everyone knows, the most efficient way to move. When Gabe's you, trying to ask her questions. Uh, the one child who's having the most difficult time with this move and probably could not give two fucks about having to even take these boxes out of the van to move them into the house. And she's she's ready to bite his head off the second that he approaches her to even ask her where the boxes go. So what she wants to do is just scatter the boxes throughout the rental. And at some point, they're just going to start cutting them open and figuring out what's in them and throwing them into the rooms that they belong in. Honestly, Carly, why do you think Janelle was so mad that Gabe was asking where he's supposed to put the boxes? I'll give you a hint. It's because she had no idea where to put the boxes either. So she was very upset that he was asking because she did not have an answer for him. And I think that's the most upsetting thing about that conversation. So we transition from the move to an ITM with Christine where she explains gives us a little bit more insight into exactly why the Browns have decided to leave Las Vegas and move to Flagstaff. And according to her, Vegas has changed a lot in the past three years since they moved there, which kind of puzzled me because 
I guess what I was wondering was when was it wholesome and Mormon appropriate? Polygamy accepting? Yes. Um, religious epicenter of the West. I wouldn't classify Vegas by those standards. So I don't know why this came as such a shock, but I liked that they couldn't quantify it any other way. It's just, it's Vegas has changed a lot and no, no other details, no other information, just simply yes, yeah, different. And we don't like that. I'm telling you, we're getting frauded. I think this is, we're frauded by the Browns as opposed to TLC, which is the huge. But for some reason, they've decided to leave Vegas. I don't think that it had much to do with the property values, as Cody claims. I think this is all to generate a storyline for a 14th, probably 15th, 16th season of their difficulty adjusting to Flagstaff, which is exactly what we watched in the first few seasons of this show when they left Utah and came to Las Vegas. Right. So the main takeaway here being that everybody's general consensus is that this is a huge gamble, but it's going to be safer in Flagstaff. That's what multiple people in the family have said. That was a direct quote that I wrote down in my notes. Safer in Flagstaff. So we'll see how that plays out. Right. And honestly, I think the only reason they bought Coyote Pass is because when you say it fast, it sounds like Cody Pass. And I'm I'm almost absolutely certain that that's why Cody wanted wanted to buy this property. So you brought up Coyote Pass. So we're at the point in the episode where we are just seeing the same freaking shot of Coyote Pass that they've been showing us for about six episodes now since they first introduced us to this piece of land. The Dust Bowl. The Dust Bowl. So we're staring at the Dust Bowl, or what I like to call Prairie Dog Plague Ground Zero. (laughs) And we learn that according to Cody, this move has taken them two months at this point. Two months of preparation, two months to get to this point that they are now in Flagstaff, Hmm. which is the longest move ever. And honestly, as we are no beginners to the moving game, however, there are only two people in our family. So we are a little bit at an advantage just in terms of of quantity. But let me counter that. But there are over a dozen people to help them pack their bags and move. This is true. This is very true. Between the planning, the packing, the executing the move, it seems like... This has taken a really long time Mm. considering the complete lack of planning and the chaos that is taking place as we watch them move all of their shit into these rental homes. And I believe the term that was used was aggressively moving for two months. So if this is what aggressively moving for two months is, I don't want to see what a casual pace would be for this family at this size at this point in their lives moving four homes into one imaginary giant home uh, on an empty lot of land in Arizona. But one thing is for certain, um, Janelle doesn't have a pantry in her, in her place, uh, but she sure as shit has a poker table. So 
I mean, if you're going for amen- priorities, if you're going for amenities, at least that's right at the top of the list. And if you want to talk about, you know, the uh, the atmosphere that has changed a lot and more of a family space, go for that poker table rental for sure. They definitely will not be utilizing the poker table for its intended use. So maybe they can just take all of the pantry items and stack them on top of said poker table. That's a good idea. Problem solved. Yeah. You're killing two birds then. Problem solved. Problem solved. So what really offended me about this move is that Isabel, who has scoliosis, is moving all of these boxes as well. And I thought, if there's one kid who gets a pass in this move. If there's one kid who gets a coyote pass in this move. Correct. It should be her. It's got to be scoliosis. And we see multiple shots of her picking up boxes, moving them in, throwing them into Janelle's house. I was shocked. Shocked and offended. She she should have requested a a pass from her doctor. Yeah, doctor's note. A doctor's note. Yeah. And then also I'm feeling bad for Gabe at this point too. Like you said, it's it's already... So again, he's kind of taking some... Trying to take direction from the adults who should be in charge in this scenario. Um, but he isn't getting much. Uh, Janelle picks up that he is not happy with the move because she is super adept at reading teenage male emotions because they're pretty much right on the surface there. But essentially, the way that she explains it is that Gabe is upset because he's leaving his girlfriend in Las Vegas, but the payoff in Arizona is that, quote, there's outdoor stuff. So I did some research beforehand because I am quite concerned, to be frank, for all of these children and some of the adults about contracting the plague from these prairie dogs on their Dust Bowl piece of property. They kind of glossed over it pretty, pretty quick um, when they were checking out the, the plot of land last season when they were initially going to buy it they did they just glossed over it so so i did not i went onto the cdc's website and i went under the plague section and i looked up the map where they've moved in arizona is pretty much ground zero why does it not surprise me that you did this <laughs> it's pretty much ground zero for uh all forms of plague and one of the risk factors on the cdc's website you can go there you can check it out is outdoor activities um it actually said that the majority of people who contract the plague in these areas um in the southwest are typically males because they participate in outdoor activities in outdoor stuff yes oh this outdoor stuff (laughs) that janelle is saying is so great that gabe is going to get to go out and do and we will get back to that in episode two, because we see this start to come to life. Do we have, I was going to say, do we have a list of, um, you know, kind of symptoms or things to, to kind of be on the lookout for this season? And we can kind of do like a, a bingo checklist of... You know what? That is an excellent idea. We are going to have a plague tracker. We should probably have a plague in tracker. In coming episodes, because I would not be surprised. Someone's got to get it. Somebody's going to get it. Um, They seem to be pretty insistent that we need to keep visiting the land. Right. Um, and I'm I'm assuming that as they Gabe, start building Gabe hasn't seen the land. Gabe has not seen it. And I'm assuming that as they start building on the land, 
and they start kicking up that prairie dust um, that it's just going to enter their lungs mm. and everybody's going to become infected. So, again, keeping kids in mind first, obviously, we also had a, a lovely part in this episode where many of the kids are sitting on the couch and the director asks, how do you feel about moving? To which it's met with awkward silence. And the quote of the episode, I can't complain. It's a pretty nice place. Not a bad area to visit. Put that on a billboard, Flagstaff. <laughs> that is your new tourism slogan. So what absolutely guts me about his take on this is it's literally word for word what Cody uses to describe Las Vegas when yes. he's pitching the moving idea yes. to the wives. If you don't recall this, you need to go back to the episode where Cody pitches the move to Flagstaff to all the wives and the kids because he almost word for word says the same thing about Las Vegas. It's a great place to visit, not a great place to live. Word for word. And there we go. That's where he gets it from. So Cody thinks that the solution to all this um, and how to get Gabe to finally warm up to the move is that they need to go visit Coyote Pass because all of the kids have decided that they're on board for the move once they've seen it, according to him. Which, again, what we saw was the kids rolling around in the prairie dog plague I think at one point they were eating. Someone was consuming soil. Um, the realtor was somewhat disturbed and concerned, and but not concerned enough. Not concerned enough to intervene, but right? Just legally obligated to, to let, mention it to let them know, hey, watch out for them, their plague. So now they're infected after having visited. We'll, 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 have to keep the, we'll have to keep the tracker going. This we'll have is, to see the this symptoms. Is, this is Cody's plan. He is going to get them all infected with the plague, and then they are going to need to be quarantined on the property, and no one is going to be able to leave. Well, that's a pretty good plan. They should start with Mary. That's a pretty good plan. Yes, and speaking of Mary, so with the loading fiasco and unforeseeable rain with the moving to Flagstaff, it's somehow determined that Priority goes to Mary because she needs to move into her place because it's raining too bad to continue moving boxes off the truck. So let's drive 15 or 20 minutes over to Mary's place. So then that way, cross your fingers. Hopefully it'll stop raining and we can get Mary unpacked. So I think they went over there also because she apparently has a garage or at least for 24 hours has a garage. Um, and they can back the truck into it to start moving her boxes. So they've decided that this is the better plan, um, and they're going to head over to Mary's. So immediately, stop what you're stop what you're doing, everyone. Don't complete a task. Don't drop what you're doing. We're going. Right, all of us. All Where of we us. go, one, we, we go, go all, all, and we're going to Mary's and rental. And we're going, baby. The first question in my mind when we saw the exterior shot, the houses they pulled up was. Why the fuck is this house so big? We have Mary, one individual who's going to live in this home, which to me 
doesn't make much sense. I understand that Mariah, she thinks, is going to at some point come visit her. I don't think that's going to happen. But she does. Even so, two, three people max. Let's be real. Cody does not spend the nights there. Why is she renting an entirely separate home? They all live 20 minutes away from each other. They have mentioned they are getting separation anxiety already. So I believe they need all of the space that they can get their hands on to accommodate for polygamous sleepovers, I guess. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. Why are you taking a situation where you're already going to be down financially and you're going to rent a completely separate property? She couldn't rent a condo. That's a that's a, a town home. That's a kicker too because it's it's you have access to all of these houses already. There's so much space that is available, and like you said, she is just the one solitary person. Stuff. Yet again, are we getting frauded by TLC because we don't stay here for long? So the big controversy this episode that they've been leading up to is something we haven't seen before. Everyone hates Mary. The family's at stake. She's been in her rental home for, at this point, mere hours. And she's already being harassed by the neighbors. Well, because my, fa- my favorite part, too, is the 15, the 15, 20 minutes that they took to drive over to Mary's, which they took as a miracle that, it, oh, how great that it stopped raining. And we had, you know, a, a nice clean driveway to, to unload stuff into Mary's. If he just waited 15 or 20 minutes at Janelle's house, it would have been fine. It would have it would have cleared up the same way. It blows over. Right. 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 But, it's uh, it's probably the same the same situation over Janelle's house, but you know, Cody had to get out of there. His hair is having a really rough time adjusting to the new environment and weather patterns. Um it's just You're not kidding. And that I think it's that was, getting it's getting larger every house they get to. It's just it's it's curling. It's doing things. It's doing unnatural things that we haven't seen before, which is saying something for his hair. This is true because and that was all I could focus on the whole time. They were doing like the multiple season oh, recap. Oh, a hundred percent. I had to go back and rewind a couple times because was... all I was doing was staring at his hair. Also, did not understand this man at one point was rocking the man bun. Right. And you would think if there was any day where it would be appropriate to do that, it would be on moving Moving. day. Yeah. But instead his locks are just free Mm -mm. and they're absorbing that Arizona moisture as that rain comes down and it's just growing and growing. (laughs) So then we get back to the ITMs and Cody's on the couch this time just with Mary and he commits marriage sin numero uno, which to be honest, it's comforting to know that whether you're in a monogamous or a polygamous relationship, men do the same thing. He has no idea how long he and Mary have been married. So he tells the producer it's been like, I don't know, 29, 30 years. And she very quickly corrects him with 28 and a half years, which to... Mary's credit, let's give it up for her for being so petty that she added the half year on there. Just that little extra, you know, so twist the knife. You're always safer going higher. You're, I guess, I guess you're safer going going a little higher. Because then you can always say, well, it feels a lot longer. Every day with Mary must feel like an eternity because watching these episodes, 
they feel like they drag on forever, especially when we get just scenes with Mary. It's true. And I feel bad for Mariah the Pariah because she bears the brunt of this just as much as Mary does since the all the discord in the family. So she's moved off to Chicago. She's happy. She's going to law school. She's doing her thing. She's come out in the past few years. Um, she's lived through Catfishgate. Let's be real. Mary's talking again about the fact that she thinks that, you know, Mariah, she needs room for guests. Mariah's going to come. Um, when she comes, her girlfriend is not going to be able to stay in the same room with her. That there's need an extra room for an extra guest. Right. Um, and she, Mariah's staying comfy in Chicago. She's not coming to visit you, Mary. Can we talk about the most upsetting part of this entire moving day for me? Go ahead. Which was that poor piano that they were dragging into Mary's house. So they had gotten it off the truck and they're dragging it up the concrete driveway, which is really bad for that instrument because it immediately detunes all of the strings because there are so many strings inside of a piano and they're just dragging it up this concrete driveway and, and tearing up the wooden base of it. That's I'm what, sure that's what you get when you hire 12 Mormons in a truck. So that was really stressing me out just simply regarding the absolute abuse that was taking place on that musical instrument. Don't worry because as fast as they move it in, they're going to be moving it back out to the truck. Well, that's the, that's the other part that breaks my heart too is because they literally show, I don't know how much stuff they moved in for Mary's house or moved out. That might have been the only thing that they brought in and brought out because those are the two shots that they have is them dragging that thing up the driveway and dragging that poor son of a bitch down the driveway back to the truck too. So let's get to the big reveal of the episode, which is that after all of the cameras have apparently left, the wives, the kids. Suspiciously. They've all left Mary's rental. A police officer shows up. So I am calling bullshit on this. A, non a nondescript officer of the law. Has showed up with apparently no explanation as to why he's called. We never hear from Cody or Mary a or reason that they can articulate for why the police officer has been called to their new cul-de-sac to come check on them. Um, so again, reason why I'm thinking that we may be getting frauded here. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. So the neighbor, apparently they go out into the street. There's a neighbor out there. 
Cody and Mary try to introduce themselves. They think, let's move this over. They had a cop come already. We got to make friends with these people. Maybe that'll make them feel more comfortable. We'll get to, you know, avoid this in the future. And the neighbor does not want to talk to them or introduce herself when they approach her in the street. Which fair. Cody Brown approaches you in the street with that crazy hair. And you're going to respond and shake this man's hand. And again, this is all from their point of view. We had no cameras on for this. There was no interaction or. Right. We have no evidence that this this occurred. All based on their their interpretation of the experience. Right. If said experience did actually take place. Right. So we move from this, we'll hear more about that later, to Christine having a full-blown panic attack because she thinks one of the refrigerators, which is just packed with meat, packed, that they have taken on this move with them for this four-and-a-half, five-hour drive, has been somehow unplugged or is malfunctioning, and she thinks that the meat is, you know, quickly rotting within the refrigerator right the the thermostat on the outside of the refrigerator is not displaying properly and carly quick question for you so regarding the meat fridge and meat locker the the multiple meat lockers that are existing in this garage the mormon meat locker mormon meat lockers are, are are any of their moving trucks um freezer trucks are they i had refrigerated a lot of thoughts about this did they just unplug the fridge and put it on a truck and think that it would stay cold for four and a half hours i didn't look it up let's give them the benefit of the doubt that there's some type of magical moving truck that has electrical outlets in which they can plug refrigerators into but my question is what is one of the things you check off on your list when you move. It's like, let's pack all of the essential items that we must take with us, the things that we need to live, you know, our clothing, the things we use to bathe ourselves, etc. Um, all the food that's in the freaking pantry, let's eat it up or give it away because we are not packing that shit up into boxes and bringing it with us. You can buy it at Costco when you get to Flagstaff. Exactly. Also, I found it really strange that Cody said they purchased this meat from his father. And I thought, really, are we getting that, Patty? That, like, he's charging you for meat? Well, you can't just give away a side of beef for free. I guess. I don't know. Either way, Mary does the first thing that you do when you think that your refrigerator is quickly going up in temperature. She opens the door as wide as possible. To look in and check. In the probably 102 degree Flagstaff weather. So we move from, so it's a false alarm. Apparently there's no issue with the fridge. But what we do next is we now move to Robin's home. Um, So we get to hear her tell her sob story about her first marriage. We've heard it, blah, blah, blah. We hear about how she joined the family. We all saw it. It was documented on television. Let's move on. So we're back in the cul-de-sac with Mary. And we learn that her landlord has asked her at this point to go ahead and leave. And thank God that we unloaded Mary's stuff first and we beat the rain and got over to her house to unload everything first. Because we sure as shit are about to pack it all back up the next day. 
though she tells her she's not going to honor the contract that they signed. It sounds like whatever pressure the neighbors have put on her that she's caved and she's told Mary that it's her time to go. So she packs up her LuLaRoe and she peels out of there back to the cul-de-sac in Las Vegas. Right. And hopefully on the four and a half hour drive back to Las Vegas and the happy little cul-de-sac, she can practice the difference between the words bullying and bullying. She kept saying that they were bullying her to move. The neighbors were bullying her. And that hit me in a way that I wasn't fully prepared to be abused while watching this. Um, Since this is kind of my first in-depth actual sit-down watching through a season of this show, I, I wasn't prepared for the polygamous dialect. You have a lot to learn. Oh, There's more. There's more. Uh, uh, there is more. I do have notes of some other ones. I think it'll be coming up on Christine's part, actually. Mm-hmm. Mary, though, is not yet moving back to Vegas. Her plan is that she, she needs a night of sleep to refresh herself before she takes that four or five hour drive back. Fair enough. But right? she, fair enough. But she is going to do it. Where? In a hotel room. Because. Why not? Got to do it. Got to go to the hotel room. That's the cost of doing business. Can't stay one night with another wife. Nope. Not gonna. So now we find out that Christine has a home. Yay. And this was, this was probably the, the best part of the episode for me because I got a glimpse into uh, Cody's leadership qualities where communication is key for Cody. And he does family announcements. So that was great. He's really good on gathering the family together, huddling them up, and then yelling a bunch of information into their faces. Presentations, announcements. These are Cody Brown's things that he excels at. So Christine has a house, which means she is no longer homeless, and that's a big deal. Christine can't say that, though, because she says it's a big deal. It's a big deal? It's a big deal. We find out that Christine is not in a rental. They have purchased this house. Which, again, when you're looking to make quick financial moves. Just put it on our tab. Smart. Just put it on the tab. Still haven't sold any of the four houses back in Las Vegas, but let's buy another home in addition to the 800,000 piece of property that we bought over at Coyote Pass. Just, again, just racking up all these bills. What's another mortgage when you're sitting What's on What's another mortgage? When you're sitting on an imaginary four sales of equity. Why know? not? So apparently they needed this home because Christine could not find a rental that would allow her pets. Which confusing. I don't think I've ever seen any pets in their home. Also, that is a thing that I take issue with. You're going to say, as a landlord, that someone can't move into your home because their hopefully well-behaved pets are going to muck it up, yet this woman has a tribe of children who are going to be running through this house, and that's not an issue? Not only does she have her own children, she has a family 
Extended. An extended family of three other wives who have their own children and grandchildren at this point. And it is an issue that she move into a house if she has a pet. But the good news is, too, the other reason why they bought it was, quote, we'll rent it later. It's okay, though, because we find out from Cody that she is the Princess Di of polygamy. So apparently Christine's family is some kind of like crown jewel in the church that they came from. And it it devolves into this strange story in which Christine explains how they ended up getting married. And it sounds as though Christine proposed to Cody, but he denies it. Um, Very confusing. Well, I guess we'll have to... Again, I have not seen any of these and old progressive. episodes. Well, and those weren't on uh, the, you know, Christine's proposal to Cody. That wasn't as part of the TLC show. It was just Robin was the only addition. Right. Long before the time so, of TLC. We learned that Princess Di has been living out of her suitcase for 12 days now, according to Cody. So he's happy to have her all moved into her new home. Quick question for you, Carly. Living out of a suitcase. For 12 days. Whose house was she living in? No idea. Because Mary got a hotel for one night, but then we find out that Christine's been bouncing around at some of the other houses for apparently 12 days? Exactly. Mary couldn't take one night living out of a suitcase, but apparently Christine has been doing it for almost two weeks at this point. So... First wife privileges. First wife privileges. We're back with Mary. We hear some more terrible English. Mary's afraid that the neighbors will cause another big dill. So she's just going to move out. It's easier. It's easier. She's not going to fight it. She's not going to argue with the landlord. Nah. She's not going to take it when you have a to legal, court. When you have legal claim to it, nah. Nah. She's nah. just going to. She's going to go out of her way to pack all her shit back up. And she's going to go back to Vegas, which... Really, probably the best financial situation for the family, but uh, a little selfish on Mary's part because it seems as though she just wants to go back home and start chatting up another catfish. It's a little alarming that their best financial decision was made by forcing their hands uh, by the neighbors in that development. Yeah, absolutely. But it is probably the most responsible thing that they can decide to do at this point is keep one house that they're paying for occupied. So we're at Mary's and we are moving out at this point in the garage. The door is up and Dayton looks out and he says there is an old man staring at them as they're going about their business. Which is pretty much any teenage child's nightmare. True. True that. So there, this is my issue with it. I take issue. There are, About two dozen people, including a camera crew, moving out of this house. Right. After they just moved all this shit in this morning. Mm -hmm. But clearly, this old man is staring at them because it's some sort of war on them for being polygamous. Right. Not because this is just weird AF. Not just because the circus sideshow is packing up. Because they just rolled through town and set up their tents, and now they got to roll it back hey, out. They're here. They're gone. That was fast. 
overnight. What is that about? Like, like this old man knows anything about sister wives, TLC, the fact that these people moving across the street are polygamists. He knows Come about on. he knows about filming them with his camera, because that was that was what Mary kept pointing out was that he's he's filming them, he's filming them, yet they're standing there with an the, entire crew an of entire people crew. with cameras. If I was a neighbor in Mary's neighborhood. And I had to hear Cody bark orders from the driveway about how they should be moving everything into the house. I'd call the fucking cops too. Christine doesn't want to expose the kids to these nasty neighbors over at Mary's. So she's like, nope, ain't fucking with no cops. If Mm-mm. they show up here, I'm packing all these kids up, putting them in these cars. We're going out of this cul-de-sac back to my house because I am not talking to no popo. She's out of here. She's royalty. She's royalty. Princess die, out of here. Ain't fucking with the cops. She's not getting trapped in any tunnels. Nope. On Flagstaff. No. Nope. She's out of there. And then capping up this entire segment here was Mary saying, bye bitches, which is edited to be directed towards the neighbors. I'm calling it. She was yelling that at the rest of the Browns. Bye bitches. I'm on my way back to Vegas. <laughs> I'm living in one of... Somebody's got to live in sin. Living in sin. <laughs> I'm living in sin. Somebody's got to live in one of these houses. I got to send a lot of emails out to all my catfish friends. I got to sell some Lula Row. I ain't selling houses. I selling Lula Row. <laughs> I'm getting that cruise incentive. So then, yeah, that's the that's the transition then to. Uh, the shot that is leading over to, as the caravan is pulling into Christine's house, there is a smaller hatchback vehicle that's driving at the front of the line that the trunk is open, the hazards are on, and they are swerving erratically in the lane. So if they're talking I about... I did not catch that. Did you not see that? I did not see that part. That was alarming because I immediately thought, we just talked about swerving the cops but then you're swerving in the street trying to pull into your driveway i don't know if they were just doing that to play for the camera but i don't think it was a good look especially if you're trying to avoid police detection oh god i was so bored i took no notes (sighs) so my favorite part was going through the tour of the house because obviously at each house they have to do a tour of the house um and fuck them kids the parents get the dope view and honestly yeah they're not wrong it's it's a really nice view. It had an amazing view in that house. I'm not going to knock it because it was legit, but financially is the best decision to make. But again, their plan is we can just rent it later because we all know that the the rental property value in Flagstaff is off the charts. They're just, as we learned from Gabe, there are tons of people just lining up to come to Flagstaff because it's a nice it's a nice place to visit. It's an okay place. Um, to visit, but not to live. Right, exactly. So then with this beautiful view, they also have a beautiful deck, a patio out back, uh, which Cody goes into nature guide guru mode where he's pointing to the mountain and talking about the mountain. Because whenever there's a mountain around, Cody has to point at it and talk about how far away it is from where they are currently. Cody was really good at earth science. 
he almost trampled one of the kids while he was pointing out the mountain too because i mean they're not to fault him there's too many kids running around and i would probably trample one at, at some point too so i can't really blame him too much for that but it was something that was caught on camera and i was glad to see it we also get a in-depth review of five different methods of how to move into this house so there are so many different things happening at so many different times in so many different rooms but everybody has a different strategy uh which is where cody accuses the wives of trying to sneak away from assisting with the move and having him and gabe do all of the moving themselves which is when maybe (laughs) these bitches should have been allowed to marry multiple men then he wouldn't be outnumbered. Which is when we get to the point where we just have Robin saying, we get crap done. Rock and Robin goes into repeat mode and is just ranting and raving Robin's on the couch. Robin's circuit has... She, we, she blew a microchip or two she, on the Robin move. has blown a couple microchips. Oh, yeah. It was the strangest thing I've ever seen. It was as though she was rehearsing a sound bite and delivering it with different emphasis, hoping that it was going to make the cut of the trailer for the episode. She was just like, we get shit done. Get crap done. Oh, I'm sorry. She no, can't say shit. She, that's a first wife. I gotta wife, Mormonize it. That's a first wife privilege. She says, we get crap done. We get crap we done. We get crap done. Is Robin like a voice actor now? We get. What is happening? We get. Crap done. Crap done. We get crap done? We get crap done. 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 They get crap done. So that was that was her rant and raving lunatic moment because Cody couldn't even handle it. He doubled over and put his head in his hands. And just gave up at that point because she was, she was, she had to get that out of her system, I guess. Strange. It was was not great. But then Cody, not to be outdone, had to go with his, where we go one, we go all. And he had to push that. So he was back on script too. Except to Vegas (laughs) with Mary. Except to Vegas with Mary. So she can go be on her own out in Vegas. Them together, not me together. (laughs) There's strength together for you guys. Bye, bitches. Bye, bitches. Where we go one, we go all. Sometimes. Where we go one, we go all. Where we go one, we go all. We go, we go all? Where we go one, we go all. All right, so that does it for episode one of surviving sister wives you've all survived and made it to the end congratulations congratulations we all lived through episode one and you know what where we go one we we go go all all. we go all we go all we're going all the way through the season we'll be posting new episodes on soundcloud every sunday so you can go there to check out the episode summary from the week prior and we'll catch up with you next week get crap done Bye, bitches. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.